All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 89 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. mozzarella sticks uh mailbag episode pretty exciting but we uh we haven't chatted much i know it's uh it was a busy weekend of hockey and golf and all that stuff so uh what's been going on uh, not too much we uh did have a little two-day member guest uh, yeah that, yeah that's where you left us off yeah yeah uh there was supposed to be a practice around got rained out but we were able to hit some golf balls on like the oh it's like an outdoor uh simulator so you can see you know, your path to ball and distance and whatnot. So that was great for Thursday. Um, and you know what? Going into the uh, the two-day, you know, extravaganza, I was feeling confident. And I don't know what happens, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I put a little too much pressure on myself, you know, maybe too much pressure on trying to perform for my, my buddy Andy Erickson. But And the course itself is, is difficult. So, you know, I'm just adding – excuse on top of excuse but um didn't play up to my capabilities so oh no but still had a ball you know we had some, a lot of laughs but you always want to have some laughs while you're winning yeah it just makes life a lot easier andy's gotta probably like at some point he might gas pipe you i mean you guys are like oh for 60 in tournaments in the last two years yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, That's, you you definitely builds, but you, you know? bring a lot of other positives to the weekend. Yeah, you know, so that's the. He's like, why did I? Why did I bring Mots again? Oh, the intangibles, right? The intangibles, exactly. And I like, and he could come, you know, play with some guy that's like some stick that that probably would play better than you. But like, are you gonna have as good of a time? Absolutely not. Even if you win, so. Yeah, yeah, just keep doing you. Just keep doing you. You'll get there. And I think, I think that's the biggest through. thing, though. You've been playing a good, a, 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 you know. I'm speaking for you, but you, you know, I played with you earlier in the week. You would, you were pretty dialed in. Um, you had the driver going, and obviously you, you, you're putting when you want to be. But it's like, like you said, when you're playing that much golf, you put more pressure on you. So you just gotta, you gotta relax and just, just have fun with it, right? Like. Don't yeah. expect yourself to be making paws and birdies every hole. You know what I mean? Just play your game. Yeah, the ups and downs, you know, but the thing is, like, the ball's not moving. No one's guarding the hole. No one's coming to hit me. I should mm. be better. I should be better for the amount of golf that I play. Yeah. And yeah. it is that pressure to perform for your teammate. And But hopefully um, – Maybe a couple of lessons this winter. If he, if he grabs some guys for some PTOs, you know, I totally understand. But uh, <laughs> He wouldn't I, do that to you. Yeah. I, I think I'm on a, uh, a tryout uh, basis moving forward <laughs> after this weekend. <laughs> so you nailed it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Any uh, any hockey stuff? Yeah, so I went down to Connecticut. Ryan had a game Saturday night and uh, early Sunday morning. And the cool part was, you know, with two competitive games um, – some of the boys from Proctor couldn't get off campus. It was a little, a little far for them. Um, but we, you know, we, we competed, played well. And the cool part on the weekend, though, was we were able to sleep over at one of my good friends' houses, John DeSalvatore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Providence. Yeah. Right. Played with him in the minors. So Ryan and I, we looked for a hotel, and I called him. I'm like, you got a coach? Yeah. <laughs> So we were able to have a nice visit with him and uh, his wife, Andrea, and 
and the kids stayed up, asked some good questions. Had a couple. How of old are his kids? Um, 14, 12, and 9. Awesome. They must yeah. have loved having Rye mm-hmm. Guy in the mix. Nothing yeah, better so than a good old hockey sleepover. You're still having them at, at, at 45 years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so fun, you know, but to catch up. We were really close over the, over the two years that we played together in the minors. And, you know, good to see um, those guys, and they're doing great. And uh, we're going to see them at Mar- Maddie Curran's um, foundation, uh, 33 Foundation uh, Golf Outing. So oh, yeah, catch that'll up be again. a blast. Yeah. The uh, October 11th, the 33 Foundation will be ready to go. Um, we, uh, yeah, same thing here. That's, uh, that no sleepovers, but, um, we did have a bunch of games. We actually got to give a shout out. So Friday, we, uh, I, I had to bomb out to Cushing to pick up my oldest. I sat in a bunch of traffic and had a wedding on Friday night. My cousin Kevin and his new wife, Danielle got married, which was down by in like the Foxborough Rentham area. So Cushing out to Cushing back home pick up Joanna was a little late for the wedding, missed a couple of family photos uh, and things like that, but they all understood. And uh, cause my parents were obviously at the wedding. So it was difficult to, you know, he had no ride. So we had to go get him. And he had a couple games locally around here this weekend. Brian did. So we, um, it was a great night, dude. So I got a couple things, right? One of the biggest veteran moves, actually, let me start with the, the non-veteran move, right? When you go to a bar at a rest at a, at, at, at a wedding and you like when the bartender puts limitations on it and says, like, you can only have two drinks at once. It's like like you go to the bar. Right. And you say, all right, you know, who wants one? And it's all right. Yeah, I'll have a Bud Light. I'll have a Corona Light. I'll have an Amstel. of like so then you go to the bar and give the order. Right. She's like, oh, no, it's a two person limit. And like. What do you mean? Like, obviously, I'm not drinking all these by myself. Like, one's for this guy and this guy. It it it, it just drives me absolutely crazy. Well, that's uh, when you have to do a shuttle run, you know? Yeah, and I'm, like, pointing to people, like, oh, can like, Joanna, can you come over here and grab one? You know what I mean? Like, you got to order two, and, and it's like, but, yeah, it was, uh, I just find that to be crazy, like, the two-bear limit. We've never We've never had that. Yeah, I mean, as far as a, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a safety thing for certain, uh, you know, owners. They don't want, yeah. you know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, and then to my veteran move. So, like I said, we had a great time at the wedding and, and you know, fun. My brother came up. Um, his wife wasn't able to be here, but it was my sister, family, and it was, you know, cousins came up from Florida and different places like that. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. We ended up back at the... Uh, my brother and a bunch of people that were in the wedding got a hotel right by Foxborough Stadium right there. Mm-hmm. We went to the old uh, like Kobe, Toby Keats bar and stuff. Actually, Vince Wilfork was in the hotel. He was sitting in the lobby when we when we walked in. But my uncle, one of my my uncle, my aunt Jenny's husband, he is a veteran wedding goer, right? This guy shows up with a cooler with like tw- 12 pounds of Italian cold cut meats, right? So after we went to the Toby Keats bar or whatever it is at the, at the, you know, down Patriot, at Fox, place. At Patriot yeah. place. Yeah. We went there and then we would go back there. He starts fire, like fresh Italian, like sub rolls. And he's got all the Italian cold cut meats. Like I'm talking 
there had to have been 10 pounds of him. Like, and he's just firing away subs. He's got toppings. He's got hot, he's hot, he's got oil. So shout out my uncle, uh, my uncle Woody and, uh, Woody Amendola. His actually, his son, Teddy was, uh, the kid we were talking about with wags last yeah. week with the, uh, caddy and forum, stuff like that. But unbelievable veteran move, like cool, packed and just firing away. Cause like, I mean, obviously after the, the, you know, Every, who like who doesn't want a nice you know an italian sub to to finish off the night you know what i mean so it was uh it was a lot of fun yeah to, the uh, only better thing would is if he trailed it like a a little sausage thing yeah where, yeah, yeah if he had the sausage up. guy with him exactly <laughs> but that that is veteran moves uh but yeah i understand you know if you're a, a veteran of going to weddings there is you know certain things that you just pick up and i'm sure you'll yeah. implement that into your kind of rolodex of uh veteran yeah moves. i mean usually i was just you know I, I i i'm i'm pretty good at you know making sure the cool is packed for late night you know what i mean because everybody wants to have one or two more when they get back to the hotel and then you you know we usually load up on snacks and you know different things that you can kind of fill up on you know what i mean but the italian cold cuts were a absolute game changer it was uh, it was pretty legit but then yeah saturday sunday a couple more games like i said brian played a couple around here uh one in essex and and one actually down at the naponset rink so it was fun to to watch him play and the other two boys uh coached a couple games and you know it was, it was all good all good good hockey games good competition well actually my team we got a bench minor um so Obviously, first year checking, kids are all jacked up and things like that. So we're playing at Wario, playing the Eagles. Very good game, back and forth. And I'm doing the D door, and my uh, coach Steve O'Leary is doing the the forward door. One of our guys body check, and the kids kick the the bench like like celebrating, like instead of clapping type of thing or cheering, they just kicked. And I'm and that drives me absolutely nuts, right? So I said to the kid, I'm like, hey, I'm like none of that. And the referee skates over. He's got like his half shield that's below his chin. And he was kind of a young kid. He's like, whatever. And he's like, yeah, uh, bench minor. I'm like, for what? He's like, I warned the other coach that, and I, and I, and the other team, uh, no, no banging your sticks or the, you know, kicking the boards when, when there's hitting going on. And I'm like, dude, you, I go, you heard me say to the kids, like, cause I'm like, that does drive me absolutely yeah. bananas. Oh, you, you heard me say to the kids, I go, now you're going to put, it's a two, two game. You're going to put them on the power play and the, and you know, whatever. It was like a crucial stage in the game. It was like, you know, two to two, five minutes left in the second period. And they put them out there and yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it is a new rule. We ended that- up losing the game three to two. Did they score on the, and PC? they scored on that power play. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. a, Legitimate, right? I was, I was losing my mind. I, <laughs> just because I'm like, it'd be one thing if I didn't correct it too. Like I yeah. said, that drives me nuts. Even when kids at the beginning of every game, when guys like get up on the boards and like bang, I'm like, I hate that stuff. It drives me absolutely crazy. And I'm and like, I, I, buddy, you heard me say to the kids, like they they literally did it for like two seconds. I'm like, hey, enough, enough, and. The kid skates over and he's like, "Yeah, bench minor." I'm like, "What?" For, you know, I'm looking around like, "What? What do we do?" Like, I, was it too many men on the ice? Like, yeah. no clue. I thought that the other team was getting a penalty. I called my goalie out of the net 
No, and, you didn't. Yes, <laughs> because it was it was like a a good clean play, and the, it it continued on. You know what I mean? And like we had the puck. I'm like, yeah. dude. I go, you, yeah, it was. He was going through his mind of the the rules that he's supposed to call, and oh. I, I do. You know, I know it is a new rule, and I do agree with what you're saying. I I don't like it at all either. Yeah. Um, but that's. I don't understand taking the emotion out of it. Guys on the bench getting jacked up because, you know, someone made a nice clean hit. Like if it's, you know, out of bounds and illegal, then not not a chance you're cheering. But that was just always a part of, you know, getting the bench going, getting the team going. And I don't know, you know, I the rules in place so that, you know, guys aren't just out there looking to headhunt, but I mean, it's still part of the game, the checking. I don't it, know. It's part of the game. And then, like I said to the guy, I go, buddy, I go, he goes, I said it to, I said, they've been, the other team's been doing the same thing the whole time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Hooting and hollering on goals. They score and go down the line and like, you know, like give a little extra celebration as, as they get by a bench. It's like, that's like you said, it's part it's of the game. Like it's yeah. an emotional like I, I have no beef with that. It's like as a as an opposing player, or you know, use it as motivation against your team, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was a wild penalty call, and then he missed the whatever. <laughs> I'm so like, you weren't like, happy. On the play, no, I wasn't happy because now I'm like, all right, like you you kind of owe us one, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, watch the game, and and you know, next thing you know, like. It's a 50-50 puck. There's a one of their guys is punching a guy in the back of the head. And I'm like, buddy, you you notice the the guys celebrating on the bench, but, but not like yeah. some actual play at the puck. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a headshot to to somebody's head. Like, come on. But yeah, I had to bite my t- I I I, I kind of let them have it a little bit. In a I respectful did. way. Yeah, and then I, I I bit my tongue because I'm like I can't be getting thrown out of this game right now. Although I I you really wanted to. Yeah, I I I, <laughs> I would have loved to have done the old like barrel throw onto the ice. I, I absolutely would have uh, loved to. I would have I, I would have really loved to. But yeah, it was a good hockey game and good to be back. Good to be back in the swing of the hockey season. It's great when you're waking up in the middle of the night thinking about you know. Pee Wee and Bantam hockey games and 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 all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's what's occupying your your, your sleep time. You know, <laughs> that is good. I no, actually on cool. Sunday afternoon I drove right from Connecticut to uh, well Sunday morning Ryan's game was early, so I was able to get there on time. But bowl with a Bruin, and uh, we had a great. Uh, so Frank Simonetti does a great job at raising funds um, through bowling. And it's it, it goes um, all to the right reasons. He's just such a really he's a great person who really knows how to network. But he you know he cares, so everyone else around him cares. And mm-hmm. guys show up for Frank and Maria's wife, and we uh, we had an awesome awesome time. And I was able to play with a a group that I played with before. And Mike Strock and his friend Jay it was great. Um, you know, Heather oh, and Michelle are the the wives here. The kids are there. It's just a great family day, and ended up uh, you know bowling a bunch of balls and you know big ball, little ball, big ball. I think I'm going to get my own ball and join a league. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? You know that we're that's what we we're talking about. Um, Mike's buddy Jay is just you know they're just going back and forth at Dude, each we other. We could get jerseys and everything. It's like let's get a team. 
<laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, we could do like a morning, you know, league if you know people if we could set it up, you know, right after I go to the gym. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I mean, you, it would yes, op, offset the kind of especially in maybe like winter off season of softball and all that stuff too, because now you're getting that motion down and everything too. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Next year you might be pitching. You might be on the bump. Yeah, instead of you picking up a detail and you, you just come and play, uh, you know, a bowl a few frames. Right. Just... Why make money when you can just spend it and <laughs> go bowling? I'm sure. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Yeah. It's not like I got three three kids in private school or anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dad's going bowling. Uh, no, Your so dad, it was a good weekend. Dad and Mott's, <laughs> dad and Mott's got their bowling league. Yeah, get a bag. Oh, I'd be like Big Earn, McCracken. Um, yeah, we could have some fun with that. But um, yeah. yeah, overall, great weekend. You know, saw some people. Was able to help out with uh, a good cause. You know, run by Frank. And uh, yeah, we we had a, a a good time. And then um, Brooks Brooks team. You know, we yeah uh, she had she didn't have games uh, other than her Duxbury team. She plays with mm-hmm. the boys, so I yeah. missed that uh, just as a parent. But she's got a, a bunch of games coming up. Can't can't wait to get uh, back on the ice with the girls. That's awesome. Good, good, good stuff. I saw Brooke had a birthday, so shout out, big. Uh, what's her twelfth birthday? Yeah, twelve. Oh, wow. actually, that was pretty fun. We went to a hibachi grill. Oh yeah, yeah, we did and that I, with one of my kids' birthdays yeah. recently too. And the guy was he was a good performer, you know. Yeah, he, he put just, on a show. He put on a good show, and Brooke was uh, having a ball, and one of. Uh, her cousins, my nephew, um, was able to make it, and so we had a good uh, family outing with some laughs and some good food. So, did they do this? Did they squirt the sake in your mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I did miss the flying broccoli, and I'm like, I was upset. Like I was like, hey, can can I get another? He's like, no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Mots, I mean. You know what it's you know what it's like to uh, act like a pro. So give your kid the the pro experience with Pro Stock Hockey. The world's largest inventory of Pro Stock gear now has youth equipment, free name personalization, free tape, same day shipping, and free friendly customer service. Come with all kids sticks and gloves. Ask for Sean or Zach if you need help finding the right glove size or stick flex for your kid. All custom names are professionally done with the same printer used by manufacturers. Visit ProStockHockey.com today and use the code BYMOTS for 20% off your kid's gear order. Look like a pro, Mots, right? That's right. No, it's always great to have those little... What if they have uh, customized bowling balls for our league? <laughs> we could uh, ask them, you know? Yeah. That'd be no, nice. It's... Yeah, it's always fun for kids to have a little personalization on their equipment and it does go a long way just to m- making you feel good. So make sure you check them out at ProStockHockey.com. Yeah, look good, feel good, play good. All right, Mots, we uh, we bantered enough here. Let's get into the mailbag. I, uh, I can take this first one to start up. Uh, hello, Shrinks. Any tips on dealing with a whack job of a team manager? <laughs> <laughs> good start. After a streak of seven con- consecutive amazing team managers, our luck finally ran out, and this year we got the drama queen who thinks the team is her personal vanity project. She started with an introduction level letter that was a three-page Valentine to herself. 
uh, where she didn't mention the coaches or the kids once. A week into the season, she's running the team like a cross between George S. Patton and Michael Scott from The Office. And this, uh, <laughs> George S. Patton, Michael Scott from The Office, and a 16-year-old Instagram influencer. The worst part is she apparently is oblivious to the fact that youth hockey works, that that youth hockey works because all of the parents pitch in here and there, stepping up whenever it's needed, and, sh- and she's convinced it's her bizarro leadership s- style that has been ensuring we have volunteers manning the penalty box and scoreboard for each game. I spent 24 hours in the 24 years in the army counseling soldiers and peers on everything under the sun, but I cannot figure out how to talk to her without making things uh, worse for the coach who, who feels stuck with her and the kids, especially her own, who both, uh, who both look like they're skating on eggshells. I'm guessing because her great Santini impersonation at home has them terrorized. So any tips on dealing with an out-of-control team manager? Thanks. That's from Steve in North Colorado. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I can say um, that we never had a team manager. You know, it was, you know, fell on my shoulders to communicate. But I know there's different programs out there that, a team manager is very valuable and like setting up, you know, especially, you know, in Colorado, you're traveling a little bit more, like yeah. some fundraising efforts or whatnot. But um, the guy that we, uh, we employed was our boy, Mike Bonner. You know, so we'd all, always uh, throw a lot of stuff on him, whether it be, yeah, of you course. know, we, we love just throwing stuff on Bonner's plate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's one of the best. And he, you know, really took uh, to just kind of like, small stuff like setting up you know a hotel for you know a road trip or you know just kind of making or getting the uh score sheets in that was huge actually yeah take well back in the day i used to have to take a picture of it yes exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so um yeah shout out to mike bonner for being uh the team manager slash mom and uh so maybe bonner we could have him like write a book on what it's what what it takes to be a good team manager well yeah i mean he would definitely take uh you know, he, he could give some good feedback, but, you know, as for Steve, I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough situation you're in because like you said, you've dealt with so many people and different scenarios and, you know, with your job. And if you still can't figure a way to communicate with this person, you know, it might not be, you know, your fault it might not be anyone else's fault, but for the benefit of the team, I think, someone has to step up and be like, all right, that's enough. You know, we are in this together, even though you're the team manager, we're all pulling in the right direction and, you know, just see how she takes it. You know, you can kind of read the room, read and react. And, um, but something needs to be said if it's this out of control. Yeah. I I mean, I think you just gotta, I don't know if, I mean, Steve, obviously like I can speak to it a little bit, right? Like you said, We've, I've been lucky enough to always have, you know, a couple good parents that were on top of like the hotel bookings and, you know, like you said, the score sheets, now everything's uh, done on, on game sheet, I believe it is, but you you used to have to take a picture and send the score in and, and, and things like that, which that's stuff that we're just too scatterbrained to do. But I remember when I was down in Atlanta, there was, it was a little bit more, you know, formal in terms of the team manager role where they were setting up kind of like 
bank accounts, kitties. There were so many more hotels to book and, 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 you know, team meals and things like that. So they are a valuable kind of asset. Uh, I remember, you know, Dorothy Mel, I'll never forget her. Obviously the great people, their son's up at union plan now, but she was, she was awesome. But like, same thing, like kind of delegated. And like you said, it's, it's, it's a team, right? Like everybody's got to help out and pitch in and, you know, organizing who's going to do the scoreboard or go in the, the penalty box. And if you need somebody in there is, yeah. I mean, I think they just got a gas pipe, this lady. She sounds like a nut. <laughs> so you just got to get rid of her. You know what I mean? I'd, but I'd say have the conversation first. And then if she reacts negatively, then you have to, you know, pull the plug on her and her yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. But what a nut. Like, what a psycho. Like, what's she doing? Like, uh, just like, come on. Like, well, what are we organizing here? It's a hockey team. And uh, like you said, there's probably some more hotels and, you know, there's probably a lot more traveling, right? That, that yeah, they're yeah. doing out there. But um, again, it's, you know, the head coach or the assistant coach has to communicate with that manager. Um, and <laughs> everybody walking on eggshells with this poor lady, like, yeah, a quick conversation, and then if she doesn't get it, bye bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. So we'd like to, you know, give a quick shout out to the listeners who have managers who responded on Instagram, and I'll just list them here: Fort Wayne, Indiana; Buffalo, DC; Edmonton, Nova Scotia; Kelowna, BC; Utah; Rochester, New York; California; Arizona; Chicago; Minnesota; New Hampshire; and Mass. You know, we give a lot of. Love to our local listeners, but so cool to hear that um, people across North America are tuning in and engaging in some of the questions that we put out there. So we thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, all right, let's get to the next one because we definitely beat that one up enough. Uh, why is youth hockey such a long season starting in September, even uh, August, when ultimately the kids get to high school? Hockey does not begin till and un- until late fall or after fall sports, do you think this contributes to burnout? And is there any way around it if little Johnny loves hockey but also loves fall sports like football or soccer? Uh, thoughts? Love the show. Listeners, since episode number one, Kev. All right. Thanks uh, for tuning in, Kev. Uh, yes, we've we've chatted about this, but I think this is a real issue. Um, I remember saying that I left for – my last year pro, I'd come back and my son was playing before me and after me and I was doing it for a profession. It just seems as though a lot of clubs have figured a way to, you know, charge more because they can offer more, extend seasons, rinks, everything. I mean, it's, it's the fact that money has come into it. So as a parent, if you're able to balance an athlete by letting them play in out of season sports, out of hockey season sport, like fall and spring, you're only going to limit that burnout factor like you were talking about. And also they will, if they circle back to being sports specific a little later, they will be better for it. So it is a very, very long season for uh, youth hockey. And it's unfortunately not going to change in my opinion because there's so much money to be made for some of these club teams yeah i think you you hit the nail on the head and i think it's only getting um i would even say it's even it's only going to get worse like the days Mm -hmm. of of you know guys playing 
guys and girls playing three sports in high school, like it, you're not going to see very much of it anymore. Like there was those those three different seasons. Um, you know, you think it would be refreshing for you as a coach to see, you know, a true athlete that was maybe not a little behind, but like just had to get his skating legs a little bit if you're the coach in high school. And then all of a sudden he's the best player by December. Yeah, I think absolutely. But I think the problem is, is everything is we're in a results driven business. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, not that, not that we are, but it's like, Oh wow, this you know this kid's been off the ice, and let's just say that you know you're expecting Mike Motto to be your your best player this season based on what he did at the end of last year, and you know now he doesn't skate all fall because he's playing high school football, and you start the you know the 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 high school season owing owing three or owing four or whatever it is, and you're like you're behind the eight ball already. You're like oh boy, you know what I mean? So that's where it, it it does it gets challenging and um. I mean, I don't mind. I would, I, I would say this. I don't mind the kids, especially at, at, at the younger age groups. I think they're fine playing. You know, whether it's football or flag football or or you know soccer, and you know, and having that balance, and you know, having that conversation with the coach saying, "Hey, in the fall, if my kid's gonna, you know, may miss a game because he's got a soccer game or something like that, then I would be okay with it." You know, but once that soccer season ends, um, you know, dialing in. But then, you know, I've, I think we're seeing more and more. Like once they get older, mm-hmm. once they hit high school, it's you know, there's really not many hockey kids playing fall sports. There isn't. You know what I mean? No. It, it just, it's just kind of a fact. Like I know, you know, I know a like handful said, maybe. Yeah, there's not there's 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 not a ton. You know, I know actually. Speaking of Andy, like his son's playing soccer right at 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 there. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. he's. I just. Was talking with a few people who, um, you know, have kids on the team, and he's the best player on the team. He's a right. great at, he's a great athlete, is what yeah. he is, and it's only going to help him, you know, because he's still skating, getting on the ice, you know, a couple times a week, um, but he's still pursuing, you know, his fall sport that he's very good at. So, right. it's yeah, it's kind of phasing out, but. Um, Kev, that's like, I think that's just the way it's going right now. But I also would respect a kid like a Brady Erickson that, you know, has committed to playing soccer at a high level and still working at his, you know, skating legs. And then he's ready for the winter season of hockey. So, Mm. yeah, it's tough. It's, it is tough. Yeah. It is tough. And there's like, we don't, uh, unfortunately, we definitely don't have the answer to it. Right. Um, because it's it, like you said, I think you nailed it right off the rip too. It was like the reason why it's so long is because rinks are in the business of selling ice, and the way that they can sell their ice is by having you know twenty five, thirty, however many teams they 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 own, and everybody's in you know the leagues that they're in. Everybody else is in the same spot, so it's it's mm-hmm. it's their business model. That's how they make their money, All right? So uh, we get on to the next question here. Um, what's the etiquette on bringing my Sparks machine to the rink? Ooh. Hey. I think this is a, a really good question because, you know, we've chatted about bringing it on the road because it's convenient and small enough to, you know, put in the back of the, the vehicle and, and transport it in. But what are your thoughts? 
No, I mean, I've definitely seen it. And, and, you know, we talked about it, um, on road trips and things like that. I, I, I think it's a, it's a huge, uh, addition to, to be able to, you know, to know that you're going to get your skate, you, you, you have that ability to go and get your skate sharpened. And if somebody does lose an edge during the game, it is so easy. You bring it in as long as you get a, you know, a, a power code in the rink, um, no, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sorry, an outlet in the rink. Like, you you know, it's not like you're, you're lugging in uh, an old school skate shopping machine. So why not bring it in anywhere, you know, at, at, at any time? I think part of the question is, you know, if there's a, a pro shop there, do you think there would be some pushback? Oh, yeah. Throw it in a hockey bag and set it up in the locker room. What do that's, they need to know? Yeah. <laughs> that's what city, I was thinking. City rules apply. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I that's how I felt. I mean, You've spent the money to, you know, provide the team, you know, one of your kids or the team, in, you know, in general, this option to sharpen the skates in game, like you're saying, very convenient. Um, so I, I wouldn't, there is some etiquette, like, so maybe not just walking in with it, you know, without like a bag, but. Yeah, I wouldn't set it up in the lobby in the um, next to the pro shop, that's for sure, but. Bring yeah. it right in the locker room. Yeah, that, that's where I, um, you know, the Bruins alumni have it. You know, just like buzz the skates and uh, you know, just set it up on like the bench. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great question though. But it, I, I also think that it's a non-issue. Yeah, I don't think it's a big issue. Obviously, um, you know, hey, shout out Spox. It's super easy. It's accurate. It's consistent. You can do it anywhere at any time. Uh, super easy to use and things like that. Obviously, I uh, I was talking to a guy today, a buddy of mine. And I'm like, hey, how'd the spot, how's the Spox working? He's like, the thing's unbelievable. He loves it. He's got a couple kids playing. So he's uh, it, like, it's it's a great investment. And like you said, you can bring it in, bring it into the rink and throw it in the locker room, set it up and go from there. Obviously, you can uh, purchase the machines directly at SparksHockey.com. Again, it's S-P-A-R-X Hockey.com. Um, and that's where you can use that promo code ring shrinks again, one word ring shrinks for $50 off your Spock Shopner. Uh, it's obviously a, a great discount and, uh, and, you know, bigger than any savings you get on black Friday or cyber Monday or whatever it may be. Right. Mots. And, and, you know, we, this is a product that we, we believe in and, you know, we can't say enough good things about. Yeah, absolutely. With the, convenience the uh the quality the accuracy and um it's been a great partnership uh so far with sparks and we're like you said we we believe in it so make sure you go and check them out at sparkshockey.com all right much you want to take the next one here yeah okay what's the whole home dresser thing <laughs> i keep seeing this am i doing something wrong my son usually goes with the whole lower half besides skates on already and brings the tops, you know, helmets, gloves, skates in a pawn pack. Uh, he's a tiny squirt, so it's just easier for him to manage the small bag. Uh, help the no hockey experience parent, LOL. I think it's a good question, though. It is. It is. And sometimes the convenience factor is, you know, being a home dresser is is okay in some circumstances, yeah. uh, but you just don't want to have that label. Like you want to be able to to carry your bag into the rink, uh, get dressed with your teammates, and you know, get out on the ice. It, like it doesn't take them very long. So just you know, 
get him a little bit bigger bag and he'll be, he'll be all set, especially now that he's entering squirts. Um, you know, you don't need to be driving. It's one thing if everything's right down the street, but you don't want to be showing up to every road game and things like that as a, as a home dresser, you want to, you know, sometimes get there and, and be with the guys and hang out. We always talk about the locker room, right? Mott's it's, it's the best time. And that's where a lot of bonding's done. Yeah. So I can speak from experience with Ryan. Uh, he was just kind of a Ryan's still a home dresser, right? <laughs> well, but that's that's like it's kind of a a joke, but also you don't like you said you don't want to get you know your your kid in a situation where he's gonna start getting razzed, you know, in the locker room for being a home dresser. It's it's not <laughs> the end of the world, but you know, at a young age, I totally get wants to carry the bag a little lighter, whatnot. Um, but I'll take it a step further. I was playing with the Islanders and I would drop them off. I would get pictures of them fully dressed in the backseat with the helmet on, skates on, and those roller wheels when they first came out. Playing in the NHL? <laughs> I would open the door. He would roll in, and then I would leave. It was, like, unbelievable. So I would get him dressed at home. But he was, like, learned to play, so it was, like, wasn't really a locker room situation. The locker room, there was no locker room situation. It was just, like, a four-year I thought did. you were talking about yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. I thought you, I thought no, you were right. talking about going. Because you know how sometimes in pro hockey, and I mean, even at, at, at UNH, we used to have to do it a little bit. Like you would dress, you would throw your bottoms on and then go to a, like right. if there was something going on at the big rink. So that's yeah. a, I thought you, I thought no, you were talking no, no. about yourself for a second. No. So as a parent, so, um, but it was just the convenience factor. So it was just one of those things that, you know, I had practiced during the day. I get home. We got, you know, three other kids running around or, you know, whatever court needed to be, um, you know, on point at, at home. So I'm like, I'll take them. But, like, I would just drop them off. We'd roll in. And I'd shoot home. You know, maybe have dinner or something. But it's one of those uh, convenience um, situations. And, uh you know, the other part is if you're running late, you can be, you know, back at the minivan while driving, you know, dresser. I was that a lot going getting late to games. So I was back in the day. Yeah. So th- there's nothing really wrong with it to answer the question. But as uh, your son gets a little older, you want him to be in the locker room, experiencing that locker room uh, situation, being able to make some new friends or just, talk about the day just you know just locker room talk but that's where it all happens and you have plenty of time to do it when you're getting dressed all right Mots, no voicemails this week but we're going to bring on the uh our executive producer of talent coordination mo and uh she's going to read us something so mo what do you got for us a little mo moment a little mo moment that everybody's sick of hearing us stumble over our words so here's somebody that actually has a legitimate education behind her Come on, Mo. What do you got for us? That uh, the University of Alabama. <laughs> they really taught us how to read. You and Forrest Good. Gump. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is a very long one. So buckle up. What's up, Shrinks? Long time listener. Go way back to the watermelon prism gum episode two or so. Squirt coach here, and we have an interesting dynamic this season. We have a very vocal grandfather of one of our players that may have been responsible for several live barn microphone replacements already this season. 
until last week it was a barrage of skate pass take the body yes at squirts which is annoying but harmless Gramps may have had a couple libations prior to the 1 p.m. tilt or spent the prior evening with a box of Don Cherry VHS tapes last weekend because Gramps, more, Grandpa's getting after it. He was more fired up than a clan of blueheads outside of friendlies during a fishamajig bogo weekend. <laughs> That's Gramps. so good. <laughs> All right, well, his, rain it in him, Mo. Come on. Graham started targeting nine-year-olds who were not passing the puck as quick as he saw, passing lanes open up and continued to scream, you got to pass the puck. Are you ever going to pass the puck? Even after the play in between whistles. To no surprise to anyone in the stands, a parent of one of the players calmly asked Gramps to go take it easy on their kid, that they're only nine and still learning, and leave the coaching to our coaches. Gramps is not happy to be called out, and his language became vulgar. Details on the exact exchange are fuzzy, but I think you guys get the picture. BC guy may need to slow it down over for the UNH guy. <laughs> Shot and fired. Jesus. Fast forward a couple couple nights. My preteen daughter, who happened to be in the stands at this game, asked her dear old dad, what is a see you next Tuesday? Oh, Jesus. When asked where she heard this word, she quickly responded, Blank's grandfather called Blank's dad that in the stands on Sunday. Oh, my God. This dude's a legend. <laughs> He's a legend. <laughs> I would love to stick my hand head in the sand for this one and hope the world's greatest grandfather makes his way to Florida soon. But heading, heading into a weekend of home games, I know this will not go away on its own. Obviously, we address the situation with the parents of the player, but but I do not have a feeling that this guy is going to listen to his own kid. And I'm fearful that things may escalate in the stands as coaches. Should we address directly to the grandfather? As soon as things get out of hand, ask the ref to toss him or direct message to the team as a whole without naming names about the repercussions the team will take. If similar actions continue looking forward to hearing you boys discuss your best wishes, your non age discriminating youth hockey coach. Oh, that's unbelievable. Dude, that's unbelievable. Thanks, Mo. Oh, yeah, um, good, good job, Mo. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. Grandpa's sipping on uh, grandpa's, grandpa's old, old cough, cough medicine, medicine in between games here. But uh, yeah, you know what? It's just funny because I've seen this play out before with grandfathers, you know? And, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you actually do know the uh, the family as well. So the ref wouldn't drop the puck until Grandpa left the building, and it's like, yeah. you know, you just kind of shut it off. But you know, get in, getting into your cops before you know a grandson's game is, uh, you know, a, I guess a veteran move, but it does have to be dealt with. Uh, there's, there's, there's there's no really place for you know the vulgar number one, you know, because that's a a legit um you know word that he used and you know for kids and you know parents to hear it and um you know there's just really no place for yelling at vulgarities or anything negative from the stands we always talk about it it doesn't matter if you don't get a free pass because you're you know going to heaven's waiting room in in florida soon you know it's like you're just not even you just have to conduct yourself. You're you are a, a veteran adult, so can conduct yourself accordingly. And uh, I'm sure he won't want to hear it, and might not want to hear it from his son. But 
maybe he gets banned. Yeah. I mean, obviously the uh, the coaches, like they said, they 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 addressed it already with the family, right? So I'm sure the family said something to old Grandpa Pa, but yeah, he's uh, he's a problem. So yeah, I think, like you said, if the coaches can try talking to him, he's probably not going to adapt to that very well. Maybe put the referees on notice before the games, and if they got to gas pipe him like in the middle of the play, if he starts yelling and starts, you know, especially throwing out vulgarities and calling kids names and things like that. That's just, uh, yeah, you can't have that. I mean, we, we respect our elders here on this podcast months, but it, it, grandparents shouldn't be yelling and screaming at games. I actually was at a game not too long ago and a grandfather did get kicked out of it. So just, just whatever they got to go. So here's the thing. If you're the coach and you do tip off the refs, so if they if he says anything towards the refs, then he's gone. But just because you know he's say considered on your team, you're on your side, you can't get a bench minor, right? You no, know, right. I mean like you, you know you, you have to make a deal. Yeah, you have to yeah, be like you got to make a deal with him. Like, listen, dude, this <laughs> this we got this crazy grandfather. Like nobody can control him. Um, if you hear anything, just tell him you're going to refuse to drop the puck, and then. Exactly. The, I mean, this guy seems like a nut, though. He's probably going to be waiting outside in his like old school Lincoln Town car, like ready to ready to go. The refs, and after the game, though, if they do throw him out. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the risk you got to run. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just that. You know, that's just a different way. It might be last resort, but tipping off the refs and being like, "Hey, you know, if you if you do hear anything, you know, give them the heave ho, and hopefully it sends a little bit of a message and embarrasses them." Yeah, or maybe I don't know what type of organization that they are part of, but if if somebody from the organization could possibly be at a game and and hear what's going on here, maybe you get them involved and tell them to, you know, hey, like you, you you're probably gonna have to throw this guy out of the rink. You know what I mean? If they own the rink and it's the 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 you know the the parent company's team, you know what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah, no, that, I I think that's great. No. I know that that's been done in the past. Yeah. Definitely, right? Uh, well, that Moe's moment was brought to you by TSR Hockey. Get your team looking great by the first game this season. The TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with top brands and sports apparel. Ensure that your team looks the best this season by visiting www.tsrhockey.com. Obviously, they're located up in Salem, New Hampshire. Very easy to get to. Mott's with with. Each of our families have made trips up there uh, recently, and, and they always know how to take care of the guys. And, you know, maybe maybe actually the guys at TSR are the ones feeding Grandpa some suds in between games. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, but Brooke uh, has her stick all done up. Ryan has his gear. and uh, Did you cut it down for her, or was she still going with the way too long? No. So uh, we haven't cut it, but she's still using her old So she was happy with the length. But uh, no, we 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 did cut it, but she hasn't used it yet. So, but I was like, you can't be using that long stick. I'm sorry, but um, Ryan absolutely loves uh, all the gear that he kind of outfitted himself with, and <laughs> I was like, wow. So I mean, yeah. he almost went head to toe. So those guys up there at TSR definitely took care of uh, both Brooke and Ryan. But uh, make sure you check them out at tsrhockey.com. 
All right, Mots, I got the next one here. Needed to vent this. My daughter has played town hockey for the same team for the last five years. This will be her last year. We were just informed that she cannot play because too many girls moved up and the roster is full. Mind it, she did miss tryouts with a sprained ankle from lacrosse, but we were told that would be not that would not be held against us. What type of way should I feel about this? And there's some mad emojis to follow that up. Um, it's difficult with the girls at, at, you know, the same grouping two years and your daughter is in her last spot, missed tryouts. Understandably, there should be some communication about not letting it affect if she has been on the team or multiple teams over the, the course of the last five years. And, um, I just think that the organization or the town program or whatever program it is should be able to communicate with you about this prior to this happening. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of girls that, you know, are participating and are moving up to certain age groups that have more, maybe more better players like that can play as a younger, uh, in the younger age bracket, but in, within that division. Um, but you know, we talk about being an athlete. Sometimes, you know, you, you do, you know, get banged up and you won't be able to, you know, make something. I would just simply, you know, put an email together have a conversation. If there's a way for it or at least practice and stay in the game, um, you know, and there could be injuries as well. And, you know, maybe have her be an alternate. Um, there's a way to just kind of get around that, but it's not a great situation. You know, if, you know, you were told that it would not be held against her, you know, being hurt and missing tryouts. But I think you just have to communicate something, some alternative to be able to keep her in the game. And yeah. uh, that would just be my kind of personal opinion if it happened to my daughter. Yeah, I think you hit the the nail on the head with it, Mots. I mean, she has every right to be upset for her daughter because obviously she wants to play. So, you know, talk to the organization and like you just said, and, and try to figure out a, some type of solution, you know what I mean? Cause they're like, you know, you, you made a good point. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be girls that get hurt. There's going to be different things that, that come up. And hopefully, um, like you said, the worst thing that can happen here is, you know, a, a girl in her last year playing with this group that have been together for a while, isn't able to play. That really does. That really does suck. And I, you know, I, I, I sense her frustration and why she sent those, you know, red-faced emojis you know what i mean yeah oh it could be the dad too you know oh yeah 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 but i mean do you send emojis though yeah once in a while i'll mix them in yeah right. not 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 tons but yeah you know, i'm not a big emoji guy no i know i'm a I thumbs know. up guy yeah, that's well. That's considered an emoji. This is just like the mad, you know. I know, like that's the one emoji. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely sent that before, probably in like more of a joking manner. Yeah. Well, um, no, I just think you know I, we kind of covered it, but you know, there's like family vacations that some some people might be going on. There's different things. If you can get on the ice in practice and then be an alternate, I think that would be probably the best thing to do in this kind of sticky situation at this point. Absolutely. All right, Mots, my hockey rankings question of the week. Why does my hockey rankings not change up their formula for Bantam major and up basically all the national eligible levels instead of goal differential uh, use, use instead of goal def differential use strength of schedule right now, teams 
can play weaker teams and build up their goal differential by winning seven to nothing, et cetera. It hurts the teams that play a tougher schedule that may only win games three to two, four to three, et cetera. They, they will never catch a higher ranked team who plays lesser competition in the rankings. Uh, and that was submitted by rich W good one for, uh, the my hockey rankings question of the week. Mots, what's your take on it? You know, we've talked to the guys at, at my hockey rankings and, you know, the algorithm kind of works through some certain things. But if you look at some of the, um, you know, things that go into national rankings, say in college, you know, power rankings. And I just, a lot of it is strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some, some teams with not, as strong records are ranked much higher. So maybe we could talk to the guys and see if they have a a really good answer to this, because if there was a way to tweak it for the older age groups, you never know. Like that, that could be something that, you know, comes out of this question. Um, I mean, cause I don't really, you know, agree with, you know, playing a lesser opponent and just running it up because that's one of the main factors but strength of schedule does play into that algorithm. And I don't know if it's weighted differently um, or, or evenly um, as it goes through, you know, the, uh, the different age groups, but maybe there could be something that gets put in there. That'd be, uh, that'd be maybe a beneficial uh, conversation to have. Yeah, I think it is, but I know that, that, you know, when they do deal with the USA hockey and, and things like that, when it comes time, uh, when it comes time for the national championships that they do work closely and look at the strength of schedule stuff. But I think we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chuck this over to Neil and Ian from my hockey rankings and, and, you know, let's, let's see what the professionals say. I think, you yeah. you know, we, we kind of gave our opinion and I, I, I do think that, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's difficult when you just blowing teams up and you might climb in the rankings, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the, the teams know who the, the, the top teams are and they'd much rather, you know, you'd much rather be, um, you know, playing those tighter games and those better competition and things like that. But we'll leave it to the pros and see what they, what their take is and, and talk to Neil and Ian. I know the rankings are, uh, they're being worked on right now and getting published. So make sure you head on over to myhockeyrankings.com and check out where your team seeds this season, you know? Yeah. I think that's important to hear from them. But, yep. it, but it brings up a good point. It does. You, you it know, definitely because does. There are, you know, you're saying, you know, teams want to play, you know, some tighter games and have some better competition, but some teams out there might look at it a different way. So it would be interesting to hear what they have to say, and uh, we'll definitely send it over to them. And, you know, we kicked it around enough, but I'll, I'll take this uh, this next one here. Yeah, it get, just I'll add, too, it gets difficult, too, like I can speak on the New England region, right, is some of those teams during the winter months now don't play, right, they, because of the split season, right? So your team, once, you know, high school hockey season starts, you guys won't play. So it, it is difficult, and, 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 and the same can be said for some of these other teams that are just looking to get games. And, yeah, maybe they may be blowing teams out, but, you know, the, they, they can't play some of the, the, the teams that, split up because of the high school season and things like that. So it's, there's no perfect scenario. And, and, and I think the, you know, the guys at my hockey rankings, they definitely do their best to try to balance it, but yeah, let's on to the next one. Sorry to, to, to ramble no, it's on good. More there. That was a great question. Um, Hey guys, loving the show. I have uh, one huge criticism before I get to my question. Ooh. Can we please have 
Uh, more Mort's moments. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, uh, we'll work on that. Um, my son is a third year mite who is on our top elite team this year. Last year on the lower tiered team, he was aggressive and one of the better players on the team. This year, he's probably the opposite of that. In practice or skating in an unstructured environment, he plays hard and with confidence. During games, he plays timidly and is afraid to make mistakes. He definitely has the talent to play on the team, just doesn't show it in games. Anything I say to him goes in one ear and out the other. His coaches aren't worried, and he's having a blast on the team. Any advice, or should I just shut up and enjoy the games and all the fun everyone is having? Anonymous, because my son listens to the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I think he just answered his own question. Yeah, he just did. Shut up and enjoy the games and have fun with everyone else. He's a mite and, you know, all but that. But if he wasn't having like fun, that. though. If he wasn't having fun and you know enjoying the team, then you know there has to be something you know there that maybe you could help with. But if he's having well, he fun, is. he's and, having a blast. Yeah, yeah. And it'll come. I think that that you know so much changes. He's might it. it he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Just as long as he's showing up to the rink and having a blast, and already knows that you don't know what you're talking about, like any good <laughs> hockey player, then you're all set. No, but we appreciate you tuning in. And I, we actually did talk about the Mott's moments. And, um, you know, we, we're trying to get on a little bit more of a schedule here. But sometimes it's just like it just happens. You know, it's just spontaneous Mott's moment. But um, appreciate you tuning in. And we uh, we will definitely uh, like to hear from you again, see how things go. Absolutely. All right, Mott. Uh, what is your opinion on the American development model, the ADM, especially as it pertains to club teams at the lower levels you wait? I've noticed it's essentially ignored by uh, in my organization, including but not limited to full ice games, kids playing certain positions. Example, only forward or only defense, not rotating goalies, practice and breakouts, etc. Thanks, Jersey dad. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because the ADM model does, you know, benefit, you know, the small area games and touches. And I just, um, I think they've done a good job. I mean, it's not perfect. Um, but with the, you know, the travel teams and the, um, you know, some of the organizations with the full ice games, um, you know, I think halfway through one of the seasons, it's, it's interesting because you know the, the cross ice or the half ice is is definitely a uh, it's, it's very good for you know up to a certain age group. Um, I still do see some value in a full ice where the kids can get up to full speed. You know, I, I don't care how little they are; it's just you, know, you kind still of still waiting to find mine. <laughs> but uh, the touches and you know the the size of the rank, it, the model does work. It really does, but when organizations go away from it, it's it's either it's almost like there could be a hybrid, but some organizations just don't buy into it. And I do feel rotating kids at an early level, you know, U eight is an early level, letting them play forward, letting them play D, um, rotating goalies. It's important. But there is a cutoff there, and I don't know exactly when that is. Um, there's certain kids, you know, we talked about uh, just like gravitating towards D, 
you know, a lot of kids want to be forward, score goals. They're not really playing their positions very well. But you give them a little bit of kind of idea on positioning and where to be at certain times. Um, practicing breakouts. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, I'm doing it with the U12s just to let them start working together because it'll make their jobs easier. But U8's on pretty a full early. Sheet or a half sheet. Ah, half sheet. So it's just, you know, just kind of like work off a, a face off, like a you know a one draw, like a little bump. This you know the winger has to go to the wall, like where she should be, and the center one, you know, just in decent position, and they just come back three on two. Um, you know, just a kind of a simple drill to kind of get some touches, and then also for the D to so everyone's touching the puck, but then they also have to try to make a play coming back. And again, there's not much structure to it on that end, but. You know, I I just feel that there is, there should be a little bit of a balance between just, you know, those small area games and those small tight, you know, drills um, versus what they'll see in a game. Um, I don't know. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I got, I got something. I got something for you. I think with the the whole ADM, the model in terms of the practices and touches and station work and small area games, I think is excellent. Um, it's so funny because you like think about this, right? With that, the the might level is technically like five years long for some kids. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like there's there's you know most age groups are basically two years, right? So you have squirts this year are two thousand and twelves would be the older ones, and two thousand thirteens would be the first year, right? So two ages. The mites. Like, I mean, we've had questions already on this podcast. My kid's a third year mite. Like, what if they just, you know, because I do think that by the time these kids, especially if they've done like a development, you know, the they've been on, most of these kids and most, you know, new parents, like their kids are four years old and they've, they're starting to skate. They're starting. So like, why wouldn't the, you know, call it the mighty mite leagues, five and six year olds really focus on that half half ice model, like cross ice, you know, let all the kids play the goalies, let uh, play goalie, let all kids play different positions, things like that. But then now when you get into seventh and eighth, that, you know, seven and eight year olds, that actual like first and second year, you know, might, um, I think it is important to start, you know, in the games, introducing some positions, introducing, you know, kids playing defense forward uh, forwards, introducing what it's like to, to, to get out on the, on the full sheet of ice. And I think there's a lot of value in it. I know in talking to parents that have, you know, that have had kids that have been stuck playing the cross ice games for, you know, three and four years at the might level, like the, the kids hate it. They're not mm-hmm. having fun. They they get really, really bored with it. Um, and like I said, I think kids are just starting to skate like earlier and earlier. Like there's not, you know, obviously there's always going to be one or two kids that they're going to say, oh, yeah, I didn't start playing hockey till I was 10, right? And, and but, you know, nowadays, like I was talking to a parent the other day, he's like, oh, yeah, my kid's three, I'm, you know, I'm going to get him on the ice soon. And, you know, learn like these hockey people are all in, like they're, they're committed. They want to be a part of it. So I just think it's like there could almost be a league before mites that focuses on the, the you know, that more of that, cross ice game structure and things like that. And then once they hit, you know, that seven and eight year old might age, like let them start playing full ice 
games. I have no problem with it. I think it's, uh, you know, they've already done the thing with the, the first year mites. I know with some of the programs, like they have smaller nets, you know, which, which is all, you know, well and good, but you know, they've, they've sold this. I don't know. Am I talking too much? Probably. What do you, what are your thoughts on my little idea here? No, I think you make a point because the kids are getting bored of not being able to stretch their legs, you know, like right. and, and really move into space. So there is, you know, like I was saying earlier, there should be, you know, there is a hybrid with, but the stations and some of the drills, like absolutely. Yeah, that um, stuff's great. I mean, I, I I'm still doing that. I still do stations and things like that with my my Bantam team. I think it's the best. Yeah. No. You so know. there should be some type of. It's not, it shouldn't be all or nothing, um, right? But I mean, we're not the, the decision makers, but I mean, we kind of just went around and and just yeah. I, mean, I would start checking at five years old too. Yeah, <laughs> and no offsides. But I think there is value. No offsides, I should say. Value to the, uh, you know, positioning or knowing where the position is, and still rotating at a young age and being able to allow them to touch the puck in different areas of the ice. Um, and that's that would be like a full sheet or even a half sheet in practice, like what we're doing. But um, we appreciate that. I think, I think, I think, like you said, though, Mott's like if you go by the ADM model and stuff, they at you know that 12 year old age, like your girls out that you're coaching, like they're talking about introducing breakouts and things like that. Yeah, you know I what I mean? It's, it's the appropriate it, it, time. What drives me nuts, and I'm sure it drives you nuts, is when I look out on the ice of a, of a group of little kids, like seven, eight-year-old kids, and they're literally – you got ten kids on a knee and five kids practicing their breakout. No. That's not – that's no. that's no bueno. No. That's no good. You know what I mean? You can incorporate little breakouts and positioning and things like that into your station work, at, especially at that age. But you know what? If you want to start working on some face-offs and, and different plays like that at, at 12 years old, I think I think the ADM model, you know, if you went through and read all that, they'd probably be in favor of it too. Yeah, good point. Um, all right, we got a couple more here before we wrap up. Or where where are we at? Uh, that, I think that that closed it up. I mean, oh well, good yeah. one. We could have beat that up for a while. Yeah, no, uh, so well, we did, I guess. But we appreciate all the uh, the mailbag questions, and we'd love to have some voicemails. We got some long email questions and uh much easier to just dial in and we can rip through the uh voicemail and you don't have to spend uh you know 25 minutes typing up a question yeah you don't need to get couple tunnel (laughs) no No, yeah like you said i mean dial up hit us we we love getting the voicemails and hearing your voices some you know if you're afraid that your voice maybe get heard by some other hockey parent disguise it in some capacity uh you're calling in for a ransom yeah, yeah, exactly. Throw, you know, whatever. Uh, three, four, seven, six, shrink again. Three, four, seven, six, seven, four, seven, four, six, uh, seven, four, six, five. Three, four, seven, six, seven, four, seven, four, six, five. We love getting the voicemails, and if we can shorten those, you know, paragraphs up a little bit, and you put it to a voice, it uh, makes it a lot better. Um, Mott says always. The mailbag was brought to you by Franklin Sports, your home for the official. NHL fan gear and merchandise hockey season is here. Gear up with officially licensed NHL fan shop items and street hockey equipment at franklinsports.com today. That mailbag was also brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home and haven't looked into refinancing in a while, 
have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check them out at chrisdevon.com. Uh, Mots, I know we got a couple things before we wrap up here, but October 15th is the uh, Cancer Can't um, event. They're going to do a big cornhole tournament. I know, you, did you have a couple, a little bit more information on that? Yeah, so, um, you know, teams of two, uh, are, you can enter, and it's uh, $200 per team or $75 if you want to come for uh, food and drinks after. Uh, it's a great tournament. There's only 40 spots available, so they can bracket everything. It's a great day. Ryan and I went down there and um, had an awesome time. Our boy Rob Bellamy will be playing music, you know, Here getting food, food and drinks, and a little compete on the uh, cornhole. So yep. you can uh, you can check them out uh, at cancercant.com. Cancer can't, cancer can't. <laughs> Again, uh, the website I, I just pulled it up here. Uh, third annual cancer can't, cancer can't cornhole tournament 10 15 22. Uh, again, always a blast. You can register at the cctteam.org. Uh, and obviously, they're on Instagram. Their in their emails also info at the cctteam.org if you're interested in sponsoring things like that you can register right on the, the website it's super easy and mots hopefully i can join you this year and uh you don't have to have the dead weight of ryan you know tossing the bean bags with you i hear that now it is a great day and um going to a great cause and a lot of great people are there so if you uh, have nothing going on october 15th make sure you uh log on to the cctteam.org and sign your team up Absolutely, Mots. You uh, get a little coaching tip that you, you you threw out there. What do you you want to you want to talk about it? Well, the coaching tip I think would be, you know, we we talked about awareness, but teaching your players to get into the habit of shoulder checking, whether you're a forward or a D. You know, just when you look over, it takes no skill to turn your head and understand where the other team is and and where. Um, your teammates are so you can make better decisions. So you're just gaining information to make better decisions. And then in your spots, you file away that because you know, it's those tendencies that you'll, you'll be seeing you, you file away those, those plays that you made very well. And, you know, sometimes you have to make a better decision. So if you have like three options, when you are in those spots and you still, and you continue to look, you're going to make a better decision and, that's how I would say you work on your hockey IQ, just gaining more more information to make better decisions. No, it's a great point. And one thing that I've been talking, especially you see it um, at the Bantam level this first year, checking, I've talked about my frustrations with it, but you know, it's something I've constantly been reminding my players. I was like, have your head on a swivel, know where everybody is, you know, defensemen going back for pucks and things like that it's super super important but it's same for every position and it just adds to that kind of on ice awareness like you have to be aware of where everybody is on the ice and you know we talk about the players um you know not holding themselves accountable but that's one way that you really can and the better players no matter what level they can process information quickly and they can you know by just taking a peek over their shoulder they can look and and they can see, okay, you know, there's my option on the wall. Here's the four checker. Here's, you know, there's my defensive partner or a center or wing or whatever it is. So 
it's a great point that the, the shoulder checking is great and, and you know, it's so important and it's a good habit to get into at the younger you can start it, the better you'll be at it. Um, and it just add, you know, it just leads to that on ice awareness. I can't talk about, you know, being aware of what's going on on the ice uh, enough. I really, really can't stress it. It's something that I've really tried to talk with my teams about this season is, you know, and especially you see it more and more with body checking and contact, right? It's like, you know, these kids haven't had to have the best awareness, you know, prior to the season. And it's, it hurts. It really hurts players when they don't have it, um, you know, going into this season. So start them young, right, Mots? That's right. Just a little tip to get into a good habit and you're going to be a better player for it. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, great episode. Remember to like and subscribe, uh, you know, and subscribe across all of our social platforms with hockey season underway or underway here. Uh, It's great to get a lot of questions and feedback. And again, the voicemails, 347-674-7465. We love hearing the the voicemails and people call in. Uh, March, you got anything else for us? No, I think that's a wrap. I mean, there's a lot of good questions there. You know, hockey season's in full swing here, and uh, people are out and about at the rinks, so keep uh, the questions coming and uh, keep your head on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel, exactly. All right, time to uh, cue the rink shrink shuffle, Jared. Jared.